Okay, welcome back to Live, Laugh, Love, Real Estate, Conversations with Lisa Loveland and Costa Hansis. Today we have, today's going to be a, a day of data, and we have a lot of it. So we are being joined, our guest today is, is Deborah Taller. She is the founder and creator of Link, which is, um, uh, uh, it's kind of like the multiple listing service of the city, and the Cape, I'm sorry, Cape Nantucket and the Vineyard. Um, and they track all transactions, not just ones that were in MLS, but all transactions in all of those counties. And her, her graphs and her information is super impressive and really informative. So we're really excited to have her on, and we're going to talk about that data, as well as get her forecast for what she thinks is coming in the fall market. So welcome, Deb. Thanks so much welcome. for joining. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah. So why don't you, I know, what you do, but why don't you tell um, our viewers why you started Link and exactly what it is that you guys do? Okay, so I started Link uh, because I felt there was not enough comprehensive data around the core neighborhoods of downtown Boston. And I felt as though the condominium market really operates so differently than a single family market yeah. or a multifamily that having high level due diligence level data as a company would be fantastic. Yeah, agreed. Yep. And so I started Link in 1987, just as the condo market was actually forming. Mm -hmm. um, and we have been able to really, because we create and own our own software, we've been able to modify our our, our database so that we can get really exacting data um, by building, by yeah. neighborhood. I love that you can do by that by floor, building. Amazing. So important. You know, show me, give me a list of everything that's sold above the 35th floor citywide. Yeah. Things like that that you can't do in, in most other um, aggregate data aggregators. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So today, um, my the focus cl clearly is downtown Boston, and the term downtown Boston really covers core Boston neighborhoods that include Back Bay, Beacon Hill, Charlestown, East Boston, Fenway, Midtown, North End, South Boston, South End, Seaport, Waterfront, and West End. So when you hear me use the term citywide, mm -hmm. it's, it's those core downtown Boston neighborhoods. And the question I get the most frequent is, you know, how's the Boston market doing? Yeah. And how have we, we done over time? We get that question as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I say, it sounds familiar. Yeah. And we actually have created a 20-year price index so that you can really look to see how the condominium market has appreciated over time, um, including how Boston's done during disruptive phases, 9-11, the 2008 financial crisis, mm -hmm. the global sell-off in 2016 to 18, uh, right up through COVID. And what's remarkable in our price index is that, yes, we have had softening, but over the long run, we've recovered remarkably, and Boston has never been higher in terms of overall long-term appreciation. I believe that. I mean, so that's a big Yeah, it's a big I'm all deal. excited about that. Yeah. That, that that we're really rock solid. Great. And um 
The other question that I, I get frequently is, well, with COVID, what's happened and what are the COVID impacts and are, are, are things slowing down? I think that's everyone's fear, whether you're buying here <laughs> right. or you've, you've, you're selling, you know, when do I sell? So we, what we look at is really the, the dollar sales volume Mm-hmm. of all condominiums, regardless if they were sold by an agent or not. So this is all arm's length transactions. And we did have a softening in 2020, but the overall total dollar volume was $3.5 billion in residential sales in the city. Uh, the peak was in 2019, which was $4.2 billion. And in 2021, um, we are clearly on our path to either meet or exceed the total dollar volume of 2020. That's great. So I think that, no pun intended, speaks volumes. <laughs> <laughs> how about, how about the, um, the number of transactions? How does that so compare? I would say the number of transactions um, the, in the first six months of 2021 are up 76%. Wow. Uh, yeah pretty crazy. We've seen some softening in the average and median selling prices, probably to be expected. A lot of the higher end real estate impacts that. Mm -hmm. Um, When you have condominiums over 5 million, property owners can afford not to sell, they can wait. Uh, Someone may be hesitant to buy um, or maybe putting their money into a secondary home. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not that prices are necessarily softening. It's that that average and median have taken a hit. However, when you peel that back and look at the price per square foot, which in Boston is really, I consider it like the cost of goods sold, the true cost of goods. Yes, I do too. And the average and median price per square foot are down less than 5% in the first six months of 2021 which I think is fantastic. It's impressive, yeah. Yeah. It's a solid market. It's yeah. a stable market. Yeah. And of those, um, the 76% increase in sales, what is so notable is that we, we are seeing a strong number of properties selling over asking. We are now seeing almost 20% of properties selling over asking price. Yeah, it's amazing that that's still continuing. We always were wondering how, how you know, long the buyers would have a stomach for that kind of competition, but yeah. it's it's become the norm. Absolutely, yeah. and we're seeing anything between seven or eight hundred thousand up through two million tends to be like the sweet spot of Boston. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anything in those price ranges tend to really sell quickly, and over asking. But when you get kind of over that two point five three million. I think that part of the market is, has clearly slowed down. Yeah, yep. And, and for those of you that, that might be interested, um, citywide, the average selling price of a condominium in Boston is a million one hundred twenty-eight thousand, and the median selling price is eight hundred nineteen thousand, mm-hmm. and that's for all condominiums, full service and traditional. Okay. What's so interesting is, this is one of the, the fun parts about my business, is that we, we have, over the years, realized that full-service luxury, 
operates completely differently than the traditional resale market. Mm -hmm. So when we look at luxury full service, which is a collection of luxury buildings in Boston that offer 24-hour concierge, some form of deeded or valet parking, and state-of-the-art amenities, that that median, um, that average selling price is a, a million seven sixty-five, mm-hmm. with a median of a million two twenty. And in the Lux full service buildings, we are seeing a softening uh, in the first six months of the year of close to a twenty percent reduction in the price per square foot. So average price per square foot in luxury is thirteen fifty-two mm-hmm. a foot, which is still significant right and a good time to buy in luxury luxury is going to come back you know the whole the COVID thing is what's kind of scared everybody away right you know the common spaces and elevators and all of that stuff but um as soon as this kind of you know finds its way out when everyone gets vaccinated (laughs) um that that I it's my feeling I'm interested in your take too Deb that that market will come back so anyone that's looking to buy in you know, luxury buildings, now would be a good time to get in. It's not as competitive as, of a situation. And the prices are still kind of holding. You're just you're going to get a little bit of a break. Yes. But um, wh- when do you, what, what's your feeling on that? When do you see that turning? Um, I think a lot of it depends on the work from home trend, trend yep. and where that goes. I think that there's still a lot of COVID impacts mm-hmm. that will probably take several years to really uh, normalize. Mm-hmm. So I'm not expecting any quick, fast turnaround in luxury. Um, inventory continues to be somewhat restrained. So I don't feel as though there's any risk of, of the bottom falling out in luxury. Right. But at the same token, I don't see it quite as booming and robust as it has been. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting, and as real estate professionals, you both will appreciate this, is when you exclude luxury listings from the data the price per square foot is down only a negligible one percent wow wow so it's so interesting when you really start to pull back these numbers. Yeah. It's so it's, it's, like, everyone believes what they hear, and nobody. this is why I wanted to have you on, because I want people to actually understand what is really going on in the real estate market, because that's, that's a very pretty picture. Yeah, well, it, Boston's really a tale of two cities. Yes. It's, it's the ultra-luxury, full-service buildings. That's what's being built. That's our future. Mm-hmm. And... Clearly, we have a new wealth level in Boston. And then this, the second part of our city is our beautiful, traditional, elegant brownstone buildings mm-hmm. in, right. in smaller buildings. And, and those, those units, which are, tend to be more priced you know, a little more accessibly, um, those are selling at roughly 873 a square foot. So... Yep and have really held rock solid. Yeah, yeah. I remember when luxury first started, because Boston was kind of a late bloomer to the luxury market. Late, late bloomer to the waterfront. <laughs> it's always amazed me. I talk about it all the time. Yeah. He's laughing. Casa's laughing. <laughs> I don't get it. Um, but I, the question would come up, what, what do you think is going to happen to the value of our, our brownstones? I'm like, it isn't. That's what Boston's known for. It gives it its quaint, charming, neighborhoody feel. 
but Boston did need that little kick in more modern, contemporary, um, like the exciting, area yeah, yeah. lifestyle. So it's a real nice marriage. It brings a real great uh, vibrancy to the city neighborhoods, I think. Yeah, we have best-in-class, ultra-luxury units, new construction at One Dalton and in Seaport. Mm-hmm. And the, the upcoming Winthrop Center is going to be just unparalleled, the Sudbury. So we, we did not have that. No. Even seven years ago. Yeah. So it's exciting that we can really, we have all the charm and accessibility of, of a smaller city, but we feel more like a town. And we're yeah. not like New York that's just so, so too much. And I love New York, but I love New York York too. I love New York. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But Boston is a, and I think that's why um, we, we, we have such stability in our pricing because it's a manageable city that gives so many amenities. It's walkable. It's not as large as New York. You don't, you know, you've got green space. Um, So the, there's a, there's a, there's a, you know, empty nesters want to come into the city. Families don't want to leave for all of those reasons we just stated. So it makes for a, I think a stable uh, real estate market and stable price points. Yes. So not only are we a tale of two cities in luxury versus traditional, we're a city of wonderful neighborhoods. Right. Mm -hmm. And we do, um, we've done a neighborhood breakdown and some neighborhoods have set new records in the first six months of 2021. So including Seaport hitting new highs on average and median price per square foot. And the South End is has done spectacularly well. New record price of a thousand eighty six a square foot in the yeah. South End. And that's amazing. I remember when it was, and I, I mean, less than ten years ago, it was in the six hundreds a square foot. Yeah, and then I have what we consider at Link more accessible neighborhoods, mm-hmm. and. Those include Charlestown, which has had a whopping 6% increase in average selling price. Oh. And um, East Boston is re- right. remarkably well. New records, including new highs for average selling price, median selling price, both average and median price per square foot. So Charlestown, you can get in, 723 average price per square foot. Mm-hmm. That's great. So I think we're seeing a lot of people who were priced out of Boston um, in previous years now view this as an opportunity to yeah. come into the city, yep. purchase their dream unit, buy their, maybe it's a first time home buyer. And um, those more accessible neighborhoods are doing remarkably well. And what was the average price per square foot in East Boston? I think so, that would be an impressive number. Yeah, so, it's in, East, so much. in East Boston, it's um, seven twenty three. dollars wow. yeah. well, That's crazy. Yeah. I remember um, going there as young. I used to go to the um, sit in the parking lot of, you can see the planes take off in East Boston yeah. and just drive through there and just be, it was crazy to see like the buildings there. But like now, when you go there, there's new buildings everywhere. Oh, the waterfronts. It's beautiful. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's awesome yeah. to see. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other interesting way we uh, we look at the market, um, which is nothing unique to us, but I, I look at this whenever I travel to a new city or a new place. I'm like, you know, what can you get under a million? And yeah. Sort of that over a million, under a million. And what I've been saying for years is that Boston is really approaching 
becoming a million dollar plus market, which is another reason I think um, to the, this, I always advocate if you're looking to buy, don't wait. Prices are really over time. We're just only tend to going up. It's so true. if you're under a million dollar buyer right now, over um, 65% of the listings citywide are selling under a million and 35% are selling over a million. Mm-hmm. And we expect that that over a million um, price, price points to continue because what's being built is all you know luxury or ultra luxury and sells well over a million. And who are you seeing um, uh, that's buying this the ultra luxury? So what we're seeing, many international yep. people who have homes globally. Mm-hmm. So before it used to be you know, one or two homes and that was a really big deal, like yeah. this is their second home or maybe third, but now we're just seeing home collectors that mm-hmm. just have homes in you know more than one, more than two, possibly more than three cities or places. And we've also in the past seven to 10 years have seen an incredible number of executives, kind of tech executives, venture capitalists, titans, also center their companies in Boston as Mm -hmm. as headquarters. So definitely some of those, that type of corporate high net worth uh, person or entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Fairly new for us and clearly the, the international pool does include families of students mm-hmm. coming into Boston right. as well. Yep, yep, we see the same thing. Absolutely, it's cool to see. Um, we were talking briefly before, but uh, I actually picked up a book like a few months ago called "Storytelling with Data." It's just a coincidence that we're having you on the show, but the, the premise of the book is taking data, whether that's in list or long formats, and painting a picture and graphs that most people can understand, which is exactly what you do. Because it's like you were saying before too. Everybody's like when you ask the question of how's the market, I mean, you just see, you explained, it's it's very specific to what you're talking about, ultra luxury, which neighborhood, but people don't really necessarily have the foundation of the data to be speaking on it. So it's nice to actually have the confidence to have a certain opinion with data to back up what you're saying in real estate, especially because everybody's like, yeah, somebody like, how's the market? And they'll just like list just things that they've seen. Maybe they were talking to one person that said something and then some guy or, wherever said something about the real estate market and all of a sudden they tell that person, they tell that person, it goes on, but nobody's actually like looking at the specific data to back the claims that they're making. So I think it's not only great for real estate agents to have access to the data, but people in general, just so they can say, Hey, this is my opinion when it comes to, it doesn't doesn't necessarily have to be an opinion. It's like, here's what's actually going on. Say what you want, what's happening, but we have the data to back it up. Right. One of those big things was everyone's fleeing cities. Well, people were (laughs) fleeing New York. They were, but New York's a much bigger city. But people really weren't fleeing Boston. No. And 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 you might have some statistics to prove that. But what we've seen is the people that were. Well, let's back that up a minute. I've been in the business for 19 years, so we've been wondering when the city, when the families were going to leave the city, and they just didn't. And then they'd have another kid, and they're still here. And then they're, you know, well. They'll, they won't want to pay for these prices and do private schools. They did. So I think COVID made some of those people that had one foot out take the, the next step. But we didn't see a, a mass exodus from, from the city to the suburbs here. 
We uh, we did not. Yeah. We yeah. definitely saw a major increase in in the islands that we track Martha's Vineyard in Nantucket and the demand for those properties have been off the charts. Yeah. But those those purchases are in addition to right, right. which is amazing. W- yeah. Which is remarkable. Yeah. It, it, we did not have any, any kind of big sell off and even if we did there's just so much pent up demand. Mm-hmm. So many people have been priced out of Boston with bidding, you know, losing out on a bidding war. Yep. Um, so I think we definitely expected to see a whole group of buyers who had been priced out kind of circulating back into Boston for a, an opportunity type of purchase uh, if the market were to soften, but we, we really haven't seen haven't that. Haven't seen that, no, no. I think that's what we were all thinking was going to yeah. happen. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a little bit of a lull. I have noticed a bit of a lull this summer, but that can ha- that happens in the summer. And I think COVID. We talked about this a little bit earlier. It's um, you know our prices are staying stable, but it it feels like there isn't a lot of um, urgency right now in the market. Yeah. From a buyer standpoint. Well, I think everyone is just so enmeshed in these last few days of summer and mm-hmm. enjoying the outdoors and the Cape and the islands and. I know I've been on the vineyard all summer and mm-hmm. it's just the farthest thing from my mind has been yeah. anything, you know, big decisions or. Yeah, they'll come later. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it's been a tough, it's, tough 18 months for a lot of people. Yeah. And our summers are so short. Yes. Unfortunately. Yeah. 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 I think the work from home definitely is, as you talked about earlier, is a huge factor in predicting the future too, because that's whether the big corporations that house employees are going to bring them back when that's going to happen is definitely going to rush people into being like if i need to go back to the office a lot of people work in boston if they're working from home right now they don't really have to worry about it they're kind of just go to the cape as you're saying or go on vacation i notice a lot of people are going to like not necessarily around here too but just different places i see a lot of people going on like more and more vacations and i think it's because or trips for like a week i, I talked to some friends and people in general it's because they can take their laptop with them anywhere. and do it yeah exactly yeah yeah well, the one thing that we didn't see, which was just wonderful, is unlike the West Coast, we didn't have any form of exodus, an exodus of companies and, right. and um, that was huge. A, yeah. a mig- any form of migration. What we've had is people staying close enough in proximity to Boston within, I'd say, two to three hours, mm-hmm. which is why we've seen such an uptick in home sales in the Berkshires, on the Cape, the islands. Makes sense. And uh, it's all com- somewhat commutable mm-hmm. to, totally. to Boston, but it's clearly not out of the state. Yep. And I think one thing we've seen on the islands is many people who have had homes there are just um, retiring a little faster mm-hmm. or not even fully retiring, but maybe working a little bit less. We're seeing that on the Cape, too. I yeah. started selling the and Cape last season and this season, and this season we see a lot of that. Yeah, and yeah. Um, these aren't necessarily new home buyers. They're just using their secondary homes as a primary home. Yeah, yeah. Right. I see that a lot in terms of people that friends that have houses, that have had secondary houses their family has. I, I see them spending a lot more time there, but again, for the time being, just because they can. It's, right. It's just tough exactly. just to predict one. It'll be interesting to see how all of this COVID stuff plays out. Yeah. It's definitely um, game changers in so many industries, and I think ours is one of them as well. I think people are just enjoying it too, because like now it's a little bit different too. We're having 
it's hard to predict where COVID's going, whether we're getting more restricted, which we kind of are, but I think for the time being too, when restrictions were lifted, people were more and more just enjoying all this, their pent up yeah. travel and doing so much things that they, they couldn't do for the past year. So I don't, I think part of it too is playing a factor is just that whole idea with the work from home plus pent up of, I want to go travel and go to these places or do this. They're not too, really too worried about making any big decisions as you were saying. Exactly. Yeah. And I think people are getting to better understand how, you know, a work-life balance and, and how does that relate to, and that everything relates to where you live, but people haven't figured that out yet. So do I need a bigger house? Do I need to be near my work? Because if I don't need to be near my work in the city, I'm kind of free to go wherever I want to go. So, you know, consciously or unconsciously, all of these things are playing out and we see it, we see it in the market. Yeah. I um, think everyone, myself included, when you're spending so much time at home, you finally can think about like your home. Mm -hmm. Like when we were all so busy and events every night and meetings and going nonstop, home wasn't necessarily, you know, it was a place to land and yes, a place to live. But I felt like I never really thought about other options mm -hmm. and, and what could be nice or what would be nice. So I think that just having the, the, time, the time to think yes. about, yeah. wait, Wait, wait! I don't have a balcony, and oh, I maybe I I could move to a different neighborhood and have a yard. Like, just I think it totally. just got everyone yeah. thinking, not just here in Boston, but across the country. We've just had an unrivaled, crazy um, home. You know, people moving, buying yeah. and selling. Yep. Yeah. Just because I think people had time to think about where, where, and what they were living in. Yes. Yes. I think it's like, especially if you talk about work from home, but that doing that just like, I feel as though talking to people, they were just like, a lot of the times we see people stay in like the same hometown or same area that they always have been for their life. And it's just, I think as you were saying before, they don't think about it. And it's just like, oh, I've lived here all my life because I work here, or my job's here. But now it's like, wait, why, why, I've become why, why am I here? Like, I, I, I have freedom. Exactly. What do I, I can, do with I that? How anywhere. do I decision make? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny no, to see. No, it's interesting to see. So Deb, what do you see coming in the, um, in the, next quarter the fall in the fall market so well boston is they our real estate market is very seasonal yes so don't panic about the summer <laughs> being slow okay yeah. put your seatbelt on yeah. for the fall yeah. market yeah. it's really the two busiest times are the fall market and the spring market yep. Yep. so we're anticipating a, a solid fall market um i i don't feel as though we're going to have any major like explosion of of buyers but i think Dead. that as people matriculate out of the summer mode that that they will be certainly an active um, real estate market yeah. and i think we're going to finish the year strong i think mm -hmm. we're going to finish either at what we did in 2020 uh, or more mm -hmm. so clearly maybe over that three billion maybe not the four billion but i think that um I'm I'm optimistic. Yeah, I am too. Yeah, I feel I really good about am. it. Yeah. 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 What do you think about in terms of inventory, in terms of more sellers coming to the market? Do you think we're gonna see more of that in the fall or counterbalance between I know there's a bunch of pent up demand in terms of buyers, but also in terms of sellers, uh, whether they're away, don't have time to really think about selling right now, do you think in the fall market we'll see an uptick? And sellers. Well, Costa, now you're asking me a tough question because <laughs> I got it. All right, and the people want to know. I have to. I I have to answer it honestly. We wouldn't want anything um, other. Please do. 
so it may not be the answer you, you want to hear ball, then, as, as real estate brokers, but or professionals. Um, I just am not clear that we're going to have any substantial amount of inventory teased up. I, I, I agree. I'm just not. I'm, we're not seeing people leave the city, even though people are maybe working from other their secondary or third home. They're not necessarily under any duress to sell in mm-hmm. Boston. So I think my prediction is inventory will continue to be tight. Yep. The market is is appreciating even in the context of COVID. New construction pipeline is very limited. There's not a lot of new new supply coming on. Our biggest challenge in Boston has been inventory. Yeah. Yeah. For forever and ever. I know. So I think I just don't see any significant amount of, of listings coming on. Um, and I think part of it is our neighborhoods are so strong and vibrant and beautiful. But if you're on the Cape, on the vineyard, you want to get back to the city for the fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and, I and think, to connect to your your office and your work. and. Yep. And I think that, you know, the market for buyers has been everything needs to be perfect. People don't even want to change paint colors. And what I've been telling my buyer clients is because they ask the same question. Do you think more is going to come on? And my answer is very similar to yours, Deb. I don't think so. Yeah. So when when we are unable to change that factor, what we need to change something else if you want to get into the market. And it's a great time to be in the market because of interest rates. So yeah, and because of the appreciation continues to go as real estate typically does. You've got to go in and, and, and not look for it to be perfect. You have to have a more open eye. You have to look at it in a different way. Go in and see if it has the majority of what you would need and then make some changes. At least you'll be into the market. At least you can start to ride that appreciation up. Exactly. And then if things change down the road in number of years, you can you know sell that and get into that dream that the house that is perfect. But to not get a seat at the table is a real disservice to you and your 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 wealth building. I could not agree more. And interestingly enough, we actually because you know we're data slice and dicers. Yeah. <laughs> we sliced and diced selling price per square foot of studios like under 500 square feet Mm -hmm. and the price per square foot of those tiny units so to your point lisa just get in get a seat at the no matter what it is yep well that seat at the table for a small unit is north of a thousand dollars a square foot which just goes to substantiate your point is it may not be perfect it may be small but you're in you own it it's a wealth creation vehicle and the if there's any one point i'd like to make here and i drank my own kool-aid when i when i bought a a unit in, in downtown crossing i'm like if i don't get in now it's, I'm going to be priced out. It's going to be well over a million dollar market, mm-hmm. and this was a second, you know, second residence for me, and and um, of course that area is well over a million. So look at neighborhoods selling under a million: South yeah. Boston, East Boston, the North End, Charlestown. Yep. Get your foot in the door. Get a seat at the table. Yep. And then, and it may there is. To your point, Lisa, and you're you're so realistic. Is it may not be your dream place, but you're you will have that that uh, property appreciation. Right, right. 
and uh, those units are out there. You just have to connect with the right real estate professional and yep. and take take that first step. But yeah. Boston is trending to becoming an over a million dollar market. Yeah, Seaport's over a million. Uh, Back Bay is now selling over, you know, more than half of the sales are over a million. That's my kind of definition of over a million. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, South End's got to be South End is right up there, right up there yeah. too. So um, the under five hundred thousand um, dollar price points are vanishing. It's negligible now to have anything in that price range, but seven fifty or and under mm-hmm. or eight hundred and under. Um, I think would would be just a rock solid um, investment. I agree. I agree. But don't expect it to be perfect. No, I know, and that's that's just the yeah. story of life, right? Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know, I always say, even if you were to build a brand new home, there would be some things that you would say, "Oh, geez, I should have done that differently." Um, so, Deb, this yeah. is awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you. We hope to have you as a regular Thank guest, you. so we can give our viewers quarterly updates on what is really happening in the Boston real estate market. Um, so, as always. Our viewers, we appreciate your time. Deb, we appreciate your time. And we will see everybody next week. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You got it. Thank you.